Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Thursday, February 6th. I'm Lorraine Cáceres. These are today's headlines. President Trump lashing out less than 24 hours after the Senate acquitted him on two articles of impeachment. More results from the Iowa caucuses, but still no clear winner. And confusion as the Trump administration changes several immigration forms. This and more today on U News. We begin today in Washington, D.C., where President Trump is lashing out less than 24 hours after his impeachment ends with an acquittal from the Senate. The president attacking Democrats as, quote, corrupt people and saying impeachment has been a, quote, terrible ordeal. The angry statements began at the National Prayer Breakfast this morning and continuing in a public statement at the White House. Uh, It's a celebration because we have something that just worked out. I mean, it worked out. We went through hell unfairly, did nothing wrong, did nothing wrong. I've done things wrong in my life, I will admit. Not purposely, but I've done things wrong. But this is what the end result is. His relationship with Nancy Pelosi extremely frayed at her weekly news conference. The House Speaker said the president is never getting rid of the scar of impeachment. She said she's willing to work with him on issues but could not tolerate what she called his mistruth during his State of the Union speech Tuesday night. I tore up a manifesto of mistruths. It's very hard for us to get you to talk about the issues that we are working on uh, H.R. 3, infrastructure and the rest. He misrepresented all of that. It was necessary to get the attention of the American people to say this is not true and this is how it affects you. And on the topic of Mitt Romney, the sole Republican who voted to convict the president on one article of impeachment, she said, quote, God bless him for his courage. Donald Trump and his allies are also attacking Mitt Romney. The senator from Utah became the first in U.S. history to vote to remove a president from his own party. Romney voted to convict Trump on one article of impeachment. And as Paola Byron explains, the backlash against Romney from Trump loyalists and the president himself was swift. Unexpected ending to the impeachment trial. Donald John Trump B. And he is hereby acquitted of the charges in said articles. With an unexpected twist, Republican Senator Mitt Romney voting with Democrats to convict President Trump on the first article of impeachment, Romney's vote stunning his GOP colleagues and the White House. The president asked a foreign government to investigate his political rival. The president's purpose was personal and political. Accordingly, the president is guilty of an appalling abuse of public trust. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell declaring victory. This is a political loser for them. They initiated it. They thought this was a great idea. Romney becomes the only senator in American history voting to remove his party's president from office. The former Republican presidential nominee says his faith guided his decision. I take an oath before God as enormously consequential. 
I knew from the outset that being tasked with judging the president, the leader of my own party, would be the most difficult decision I have ever faced. I was not wrong. Romney joined with all Republicans to acquit the president on the second charge, obstruction of Congress, including these three Republicans who Democrats had hoped to sway. Mr. Romney, not guilty. But the damage was already done. Romney, who was endorsed by Trump when he ran for president in 2012, is now receiving an avalanche of attacks from the president's closest allies. He wanted to be president, he's not. I'm shrugging my shoulders because it really doesn't matter. In other words, he wasn't the swing vote. They were 20 votes shy. He's not brave, he's a coward. You vote your conscience, but you got to use common sense. And Trump himself slamming Romney in a late night tweet, mocking his failed presidential run. Miss Cinema, guilty. All Democrats, including three red state senators who were undecided, united in voting to convict Trump on both articles. Democratic leader Chuck Schumer blasting Republicans for their handling of the trial. The Republican majority has placed a giant asterisk, the asterisk of a sham trial next to the acquittal of President Trump, written in permanent ink. Even without a conviction, lead House impeachment manager Adam Schiff says he's leaving the process optimistic. What Mitt Romney did, uh, what a number of very courageous Democratic senators did, uh, really justified the faith the founders put in their system of self-governance that people would have sufficient virtue uh, to stand up for what was right. Paula Byron, U News. The end of the impeachment trial is just the beginning of a tumultuous presidential election cycle. Today, the Democratic Party chairman is calling on Iowa Dems to immediately begin a re-canvas following a delay in the caucus results. Those results are still trickling in. So far, 97 percent of precincts are reporting, and the gap is tightening between Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders. But the candidates must prepare for the New Hampshire primary just five days away. Carolina Sarasa has the latest on the tough fight in New Hampshire. New returns coming in from the Iowa caucus show Pete Buttigieg and Senator Bernie Sanders tied for first. With nearly all precincts reporting, just a fraction of a percentage point separates the two candidates. Now, I don't think most people thought we'd get anywhere close to this point. On the trail in New Hampshire, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, says his big finish is further proof voters want to leave the politics of the past. Well, I think the key is a focus on the future and a desire to win. And every time my party has won in the last half century, it's been with a candidate focused on the future and opening the door to a new generation. But Sanders' campaign claims when all the votes are counted, they will take top prize in Iowa. We are winning the popular vote. What is clear from the results, disappointment for former Vice President Joe Biden coming in fourth. I am not going to sugarcoat it. We took a gut punch in Iowa. Biden now on the attack, swinging at Sanders. But if Senator Sanders is a nominee for the party, every Democrat in America up and down the ballot will have to carry the label Senator Sanders has chose for himself. Biden also hitting Buttigieg on his experience. For this party to nominate someone who's never held an office higher than mayor of a town of 100,000 people in Indiana. I do believe it's a risk. Carolina Sarasa, U News. Attorney General William Barr reportedly released a new set of restrictions over FBI investigations of political candidates. 
The memo obtained by the New York Times stated that the Department of Justice has the responsibility to make sure that elections are, quote, free from improper activity. Barr's orders come after the Justice Department Inspector General found that the FBI's investigation into President Trump's former campaign aide, Carter Page, was written with errors and falsified info. Today is a deadline for the Democratic presidential candidates to qualify for the eighth debate in New Hampshire taking place on Friday. Qualifications include polling and donation thresholds. Thus far, seven candidates have qualified. The New Hampshire primary is Tuesday. The other debates set to take place this month are slated for February 19th and 25 in Las Vegas and Charleston, South Carolina, respectively. And turning to the deadly coronavirus outbreak, more Americans are coming home from China, facing weeks of quarantine as the virus continues to spread. Here's the very latest. Over 28,000 people in 25 countries are infected. 73 people died on Wednesday, the deadliest day to date. The death toll now stands at 564, and 60 million people in China are still on lockdown. Meanwhile, here in the U.S., there are now 12 confirmed cases, the latest one reported in Wisconsin yesterday, and two more flights with American citizens are expected to leave Wuhan Thursday night. The next two weeks will be difficult for people like Samuel Roth, waiting for the moment until he can finally hug his wife and kids, who are sitting in isolation at a military base after flying in from Wuhan, China. It's not that I want my family to be there for two weeks, but I, I want to fully comply with whatever precautions are necessary to ensure that my family is well, but also that we're not bringing the disease into the community. On Wednesday, two flights carrying American evacuees landed in California. The process to plan evacuation flights is complicated, and it's been weeks of frustration for people desperate to get out of the epicenter of the coronavirus. As the virus spreads around the world, Wisconsin has confirmed the latest case in the U.S. The patient did not require hospitalization. They are currently uh, in home isolation and doing well. Meanwhile, off the coast of Japan... Hello, everyone. This is Spencer. I'm coming to you from Yokohama, Japan, on board the Diamond Princess. 20 of the passengers quarantined inside a cruise ship have become infected with the virus. Three of them are Americans. Today in China, social media exploded in anger over news of the death of a doctor who became sick days ago. He was the first person to sound the alarm on the contagious virus, warning authorities and the public, but was silenced by Chinese police accused of spreading misinformation. The youngest victims of this virus are two newborns in Wuhan. The youngest infant was diagnosed just 30 hours old. The baby's mother was also infected with the virus, and Chinese media is reporting that experts suspect the possibility of mother-baby transmission in utero. Meanwhile, Customs and Border Protection officers are vetting international travelers to screen for potential exposure to the Wuhan coronavirus. They are complying with a presidential order issued last week that suspends entry to most foreign nationals who have traveled to China in the last two weeks. At least one person has been denied entry into the U.S. since the order. A Canadian citizen was turned away at the northern border Monday.
The Trump administration is speeding up implementation of its new public charge rule impacting low-income illegal immigrants. And as part of the pro that process, at the end of the month, at least 12 different immigration forms are changing. Fabiola Galindo explains. With the new public charge ruled around the corner, over a dozen immigration forms have been changed according to a new announcement by the Citizenship and Naturalization Services Office. What you do through those forms is um, you justify the government and you prove the government that you can be self-sufficient and that you will not become a public charge to the United States, but you have a, uh, either the financial means yourself or you have a sponsor who will be responsible for your financial obligations before you become a public charge. It affects immigrants seeking to obtain a green card or temporary visas that need extensions, but it exempts citizenship processes according to the USCIS. The new forms include a declaration with questions such as have you received federal benefits in the past 12 months or food stamps or any kind of public housing assistance and even Medicaid. If you are already getting federal benefits, the new rule won't apply to you. Neither will it if you are getting state or city funded benefits. Applicants living in Illinois will not be included in the changes. In effect, every other person who is attempting to immigrate to the United States for whom a, an employment-based petition or a family-based petition has been filed will have to follow the, um, the criteria. There are some exceptions. Who is not affected is basically those who have uh, been admitted to the country as asylees or refugees, uh, women and men victims of domestic violence. Minors with a juvenile visa and immediate family of members of the military are also exempt. Those who send their application before February 24th won't be subject to the new public charge rule. You still have over two weeks to apply without being asked about your financial situation. In New York, Fabiola Galindo, U News. Customs and Border Patrol officials are not commenting about the death of a U.S. citizen in their custody. Officials say 32-year-old James Paul Markowitz was arrested as a suspect in a human smuggling incident Tuesday afternoon. But they say he started showing signs of distress at a Border Patrol station in Texas. Border Patrol agents rushed him to the hospital where he died more than six hours after his arrest. Border Patrol has been under scrutiny over the treatment of people in its custody, including at least four, child, four children that have died. And a senior ICE official says its officers are now fingerprinting migrant minors in shelters. According to ICE, the minors being fingerprinted are over the age of 14 and are not in ICE custody. Instead, they are under the care of the Office of Refugee Resettlement. ICE argues that the fingerprinting of the children will help protect them. The agency has been criticized before for method it uses to ID and monitor migrants. In Mexico, murders gathered Wednesday to bury nine people, including three children, who were killed in a gun attack on a video game arcade in the western coast of the country. The killings happened on Monday in the city of Uruapan. Authorities haven't yet said whether it was related to the drug violence that has swept the region. Uruapan, a city of about 340,000 people, is in Mexico's avocado belts, where violence has reached shocking proportions. 
Staying in Mexico, we turn to the country's largest and most prestigious university, the National Autonomous University of Mexico, also known as UNAM, where protests have been going on for months. The main reason, sexual harassment and violence against women on campus that has left many students feeling vulnerable. Claudia Zurita has more. The conflict that has paralyzed a part of Mexico's national university keeps escalating. Two days ago, an unknown hooded group unsuccessfully tried to take over the law school. Hours later, the rectory building was vandalized. We have to think about the way we're going to ask for our rights. This isn't the way. They even say that they're not even students. The student strike started on the 4th of November 2019 in the literature and philosophy departments. Its main objective is to stop aggression against women at the university. Over the last three years, more than a thousand complaints of violent assaults have been logged. I am willing to sacrifice my class time so that when I come back, I will feel safe. Until today, more than 70,000 students from graduate and undergraduate schools from Mexico's National University have been affected by this strike that's been going on for three months. The head of the National University stated in a message that they responded to the students' demands and his desire is to promote diversity and better strategies to protect women. I've already said it and I restate it. Women have to feel safe inside the university and outside of it. Violence against them should not happen at UNAM. Mexico's National University is Latin America's most recognized academic institution. While the clashing sides are working to restore dialogue, the university future is uncertain. What we don't understand is that their way to confront violence is generating more violence and closing down the university that's funded by the people. In Mexico City, Claudia Zurita, UNews. And violence in Mexico has become so pervasive that crimes are often committed in broad daylight with no consequences. Nidia Cavazos has details on one of the most recent incidents in Sinaloa and what President Andrés Manuel López Obrador is doing to stop the wave of violence. This is a checkpoint created by an armed group on a street in Culiacán in broad daylight. They have a man squatting, subdued, with his hands on the back of his head. This is the illegal detention of a person, but neither the Office of the Attorney General nor the Office of the Attorney General of the Republic have told us that they have received a complaint about the detention. The local authorities claim that this clandestine operation took place in a few minutes, and although there was a street camera there, they have not been able to find the people responsible. But then this other video appeared, showing a man throwing what appears to be a body in a dumpster and even stomping on it. There are the videos where you see the vehicles, and obviously there is an open investigation. There is no exception here. All of the questions have to be answered. But these statements seem very weak in light of the images that have recently appeared on social media. Armed men shooting, taking over communities, and even using a helicopter with the fake logo of the Mexican Navy. Also, a few days ago, a cathedral in Culiacán was used for the wedding of Alejandra Guzmán, one of Joaquín's El Chapo Guzmán's daughter. But today, after hearing from a journalist who was attacked in the north of the state, Mexican President Andrés Manuel López Obrador restated who he believes is responsible for maintaining the peace. We have to stop the bloodshed. This cannot go on. And we all can help. 
all of us, in our families, in our workplaces. Lopez Obrador also said the National Guard will combat organized crime. But two days ago, National Guard members pushed back agriculture procedures in Camargo, Chihuahua, because they were trying to open a dam to deliver millions of cubic meters of water into the United States. And they continue to monitor the southern border to prevent migrants from crossing. Meanwhile, in Sinaloa, it looks like these images will keep happening. In Mexico City for you news, Jessica Cermeño, this is Nidia Cavazos. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The Senate will turn itself into a courtroom. The private border fence is being installed. A police officer and three people were killed inside a Jewish supermarket in Jersey City. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. You News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Now turning to good news for Latino entrepreneurs. According to a recent Stanford University study, Latino entrepreneurs are starting small businesses faster than the rest of startup population. The study also found they are becoming a bigger part of the total U.S. market. One such entrepreneur is our next guest, Carolina Acosta. She's the creator of a new card game called Tragos. Thank you for joining us, Carolina. Hi, thank you. First thank you for of having all, me. We're glad to have you. First of all, describe what the card game Tragos is. Sure. So I actually have a few cards in front of me. Um, Tragos is a party game that you play with friends or family. You can play, um, you know, with drinks, but any type of drink you want. Uh, the premise is you pick up a card on your turn and you read it out loud and it will usually tell you to do a challenge or, um, you know, if something applies to you that is a Latino reference, then you usually, you know, take the challenge or take a sip of your drink. That sounds very so, interesting. How did the idea come about? Sure, yeah. So I was actually traveling in South America, of all places, and it was my first time in Colombia, which is where my mother's from. So I absolutely fell in love with the culture, and I had a friend, um, you know, we bonded over our cultural similarities, and he came to me with the idea of doing a party game, but for Asians. So it was actually very simple. We, we, we loved the idea so much that we launched the Asian game first, Asian Flush. And once that did really well, we, we had to do the Latino version. So then was born Tragos. And what has the response been like? Oh, it's been way more than we ever imagined. <laughs> um, it's it's been so well received by the community. There's been so much support on social media and, you know, with all our friends and family that have played with us. And it's just, it's become something that I thought was going to be, you know, a little side hustle on the weekends to a full blown business with, with a dedicated team. So I'm just, I'm really grateful to, to see where it's gone. Well, thank you so much, Carolina Acosta, creator of Tragos. Best of luck to you. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.